right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Sunday afternoon, a rarity here in the Kill House. I don't think we've done this since Tiger won the Masters, actually. This brings me back. Yeah, Solly here, and it's a lonely afternoon here. It is just my colleague TC, Tron Carter, is here. We got rid of the narc. We got rid of the Strat Boys. It's going to be a a quiet afternoon here. Wall-to-wall golf talk. (laughs) I'm going to ask you to put your books and notes away, okay? It's time for a pop quiz. I'm going to put your knowledge to the test here. How would someone decide if they should be playing the regular Chrome Soft, which is the one in the red box, or the Chrome Soft X in the black box? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all personal preference, right? It's just a matter of what you value in your game, what you, uh, what you prioritize. We're, we're leaning on you for your certified master fitter knowledge here. But uh, and I think it might be funny that I'm, I might be about to give this answer because I think based on all the info I'm going to give, I should be an X guy, but I prefer the red box to your exact point. I'm not exactly sure why I play the regular Chrome soft. The regular Chrome soft is best for players that want more distance with it, uh, with just about every club in the bag, along with the tour level control on the greens. And the X is for those that want a little more distance on the driver with a very workable flight and precise distance on each iron. And of course, along with tour level control around the green. So check out the Chrome soft and Chrome soft X at callawaygolf.com slash Chrome soft. Oh, and for everyone that uh, is deep in the European tour scene, or believe the ch- technically the Challenge Tour this weekend, you know that Mark Warren won the Austrian Open using a Chrome Soft X golf ball with the triple track this weekend. Warren. And did it without a caddy, which is sick. Yeah. So Callaway would also like to congratulate loyal Chrome Soft user and Sweden's regular Scott, fan of Rocky Top Ford for his win on the uh, US Am Tour TPC Sugarloaf Classic. So congrats to Scott. I know Scott. Yeah, yeah, we know Scott well. So congrats on that. Whoa, wild day. I think uh, first I'm going to ask you to take of many things that we need to take back. The first thing I'm going to ask you to take back is you saying, I don't really know if I have much doubt up for this week's pot. Yeah, I got a lot now. <laughs> <laughs> got a lot. That was a heck of a. As of yesterday afternoon, it, look, it looked a little bit suspect. Yeah, it was just, you know, there just wasn't any, a lot of, whole lot of storylines developing. You know, it just. Besides it, like Justin Thomas playing really well, Morikawa playing it, well. It, yeah. it, it looked like it was going to be a runaway yeah. JT. And then, um, you know, but well, he's the first two today or, or two out of the first three today. And, and we were off and running. It was such a weird day because he flipped. I think he flip flopped between being a killer and a house cat about six times today. It was rough looking early. And then he one putted, I think, 10 straight holes between six and 15, whatever that is, capping that stretch with a club twirl on 15 for the ages and draining a 25 foot eagle putt that was winding in from the back of the green. And at, I, this is where I get caught up with golf Twitter as well. Everyone declared it over. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's over. And I was, I was kind of like doing the math. Like, I mean, it, it could. I, I wonder what the odds, I should have looked up the DraftKings odds as to what they were as of that moment. What do you? What would it have taken for you to bet it on Morikawa at that point? Uh, on 16? Yeah. Probably at least five to one. Oh, yeah. I would think it would have been at least 10 to one. Because, yeah, the, the odds of him catching a shot per hole, which he did. 16, the bogey. It was just a bit squirrely, that chip running, getting away from him a little bit. I mean, I think that's just a result of the math kind of evening out of, you know, your 10 straight one putt run has to come to an end at some point. And they were really quick to give him a shout when he ran the chip by. They were like, oh, watch, look at, look at how he just, you know, he watched it go by and learned the break from the other side. 
And when that happened, I kind of thought I was like, okay. I mean, I know that first of all, every golfer hopefully does that to begin with, but how those things work when it rolls away that far, you can kind of get tricked into what it does at the end when it's running out of speed going away from you. Which is the least important part of the next The least putt, important right? part of the next putt. And it, it broke to his left, you know, as it died, it was going away. So he played it outside on the left and it never broke right coming back the other way. So, I mean, I'm sure Justin knows how to adjust for that, but I was surprised at how much they were like all over that. And then he didn't, he did miss it on that left side. I mean, going back, I think starting on number eight was where his... His run started. He was two over through seven. Yeah, kind of made a mess of seven. And then eight, not the most comfortable part of three in the world. Tim was uh, back there today, yeah, too. Nine, 10, 11. Really where it, I think it got, it got real was uh, the club twirl out of the rough on the punch out. <laughs> on 13. Yeah. It was a good shot. It was, but I was a little curious as to why he was club twirling a punch out into the bunker. But it looked honestly. A lot of my notes are not are in preparation for him having won because it just looked surgical. It looked to your to your tweet as well, just like it was experience. It was just a, a masterclass of to borrow a phrase from Mark Emmelman, which I think I heard uh, a dozen times this weekend. But a masterclass and just it looked like a guy that had been through this a million times and executed it, and then I all mean, of a sudden he didn't execute it. Like the shot into fifteen, the second shot into fifteen was pornographic. It was wild. And, um, and then Morikawa was f- like flustered at, bo- at that point. And he was in some weird spots on, on, yeah. on uh, 15. Yeah, he struggled to make par on that one. And uh, I mean, going back though, let's talk. So, 14, so Morikawa was shot into mm. 12, a par three. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. And then his drive into 14. 14, that was, that was as cool of a, a late hole that I can recall yeah. seeing. Okay. And this kind of harkens back to our discussion around 15 at Travelers. And I know they're very different holes. And this hole wasn't even necessarily set up to be a drivable hole. Like they never use these tees for the Memorial. If I remember right, they use that tee uh, for one of the days of the President's Cup uh, for one of the sessions. Because I remember Keegan Bradley, I think, just nailing a fan in the head. I was going to say, it's different when there's fans. (laughs) It is very different. But... Uh, Especially I mean, for where uh, Sabatini takes it. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, three. That we got to talk about that too. Oh, but that th- okay. Um, it so that is the kind of the point of a lot of that discussion back then, without using any names uh, in this discussion. But that was an eight-yard gap that Morikawa had to fit that drive through on fourteen, and he did it. Like, would the numbers say do that? Like, go for it. Like, that's the shot. I'm almost positive, like JT's play, and I'm not giving him a pass for laying up. But the the like, he was most comfortable hitting a wedge from hundred yards into that those he pins. Did an easy ass birdie. And Morikawa the day before pulls it left above the bunker in the rough on the downslope, and he goes, "Oh, last place you can miss." I was like, man, I think right would have probably been the last place because the right is the water. I mean, it was not a good place, but there is the point is there's no good place to miss. Hovland was so close with his ball and it went in the water. And Morikawa getting birdie out of that and then JT playing it a different way and also getting birdie. That's what I was talking about with like, how cool is it to see it actually come down to a real decision and not just everyone sending it on a drive. And three drastically different outcomes. Exactly. You know. I thought that was the full spectrum of what exactly I would like to see as from an entertainment standpoint coming down the stretch of a tournament at the end. That was the 10 out of 10. It was fun to see some different pins yes. out there too on Sunday. Like the pin on 11 up front there, like Hovland's putt, he had to aim that 15 feet out to the left and then and then it you know broke down most of the way right. Uh, JT was able to bank one in there. And then, uh, yeah, the, the pin on 14 was great. 
Front pin on 18 was really interesting, too. They always usually do so. the back left Sunday traditional pin yeah. for the Memorial, which I'm sure they're protecting. Which but. props to JT, too, on the um, – in regulation, he came up short into 18. That chip that he had oh from God. down short of there, like that's part of the reason I'm playing left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, like really to see him play it, Play it in there low was was cool. Yeah, like, I love when those guys play it low versus versus taking it high. That is a whole different skill. Set. Yes, that chip is a more interesting shot than watching a guy like try to predict how it's going to pop out of uh, ankle deep rough around the greens, which we saw a lot of this week, and we're going to see a lot of even more next week because the rough is going to be up even higher. Some discussion on that on Twitter earlier in the week. I was. My, my stance on that is not like, hey, shave the banks at Mirfield Village. That's not at all what I'm saying. It's not what it's designed for. It's severe slopes, and it puts pros in really awkward spots, and those shots around the green don't look even remotely easy. I get tired of seeing balls from the rough out of the fairway come screaming through a green and stopping two feet into the rough, and somebody that airmails a green by a yard, it stops in the same spot. I just think that's kind of – that gets dull watching that, knowing if you're out of position off the tee, you can – use the rough as a backstop behind the green. That's yeah. that's where I stand on that person. And some shorter rough would probably be easier for those chip shots, but I, it also could lead to balls bounding further away. You're way, and all the greens are so elevated. Yeah. And so like some of the, 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 the sh- they utilize short rough like to the right of 14 and on the bank on 12. Like not a lot of balls, some balls were staying up on that slope, but nothing was getting caught up in that grass. I mean, some balls were hitting at the right angle and speed to stop but it wasn't serving as like a backstop or breaks in front of those waters. So I like how that played. I thought the course played very interesting. I, I might, we get, we're going to get to Morikawa here uh, in the near future, I promise. But I, I might be talking a little out of my ass on this, and I'm wondering maybe you can help guide me here. But there's there's certain guidelines, or I don't know if it's technically a rule when it comes to course setup for the PGA Tour. When green speeds are a certain speed, you can't put holes on greater than, I want to say like a 2% slope. And this week with the dialed back green speeds, which was like 11, one, that didn't feel that slow to me watching. It didn't, mm-hmm. I know guys struggled a little bit with the pace, but that led to a lot more interesting pin locations, not only for access from fairways and approach shots, but also putts. Just, I feel like I was watching way more break on putts than we're usually used to seeing on the tour. That was why, like going back to Morikawa, you know, I don't, this wasn't the easiest week to make four and five foot putts mm-hmm. either. So I don't want to. And that goes, yeah. it goes back to something I remember Zach Blair saying once to us, which was when I got out on tour, I was stunned how many, how infrequently I had to play a putt from eight feet or in outside the hole. Mm-hmm. Like just how, how straight a lot of the Very putts are on tour. delineated like kind of quadrants or yeah. places to, you know. Um, yeah, I think I didn't really notice the green speeds all that much. I think it's more just probably if, if you, if you laid it against footage from, years prior i'm sure it would be well I, but to that point i think it was slower greens just means you can use the slopier parts so a lot of the putts were speedier if you're above the hole in a lot of like some of those pins on 11 jt or the, the pin on four one of those days like the birdie putt jt had was like from 12 feet or something he played it three feet out on the left and it broke in that was that was gross so that was that was fun to see it was a fun fun kind of change of pace and um the scores ended up looking a lot like the memorial probably a little lower than that but I have a feeling they're going to die. We're gonna, we'll talk about next week here shortly. Yeah. It's, let's talk Hovland a little bit. Let's get to more Cal. Okay, okay. We, we haven't yeah. covered much of that. Um, first of all, I'm going to put him first team all PGA Tour in player caddy conversations. Like yeah. It seems like he is a broadcaster. He gives you everything he's thinking, bounces it off his caddy. His caddy seems like an alpha. I think we actually got a question on that. Um, I'll get the name here in, in a second. But um, 
the way that they so it's from Brian Phillips actually. More cows, Caddy. His, his name is JJ Jackovich, right? Because yeah. because Nance has said it about six times <laughs> for the last four weeks. But the way they talk about it, and I loved the final one into 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 ten. It was you know he went down a club and basically told him like if you feel this wind change, like back me off of it. Like tell me if you see something, tell me. If you see something, say something. And he, he got over it, and I think he was worried about it getting there, and it got there plenty, which kind of showed how, how jacked up he was. But gosh, that just sets you up for drama so much better. And to watch him execute these, and here's Caddy say, we want to land this three or four past the pin, coming into 18 green, and it lands three or four feet past the pin. was That's just awesome. For sure. That no, adds a whole layer. And I think it's, uh, you know, I was texting with a friend earlier about, he was asking whether I like not having fans. And I said, honestly, I like, I'm enjoying it more because they can bring you so much more of this, of this context. It, it does feel a little flat at certain points, but yeah. I think the positives outweigh the negatives. I me. wouldn't quite give them a pass on that. And the, the, the no fans doesn't necessarily, I don't, I don't, I, I think they like should, they've got these mics so much they more do. now, right? Yeah. But I think they could still get the mics up there, even if there weren't fans. I, I just don't want to, I think that they've made the minimal effort to do that until very recently. Or throw one on the bag. Right? Sure, on something the, like that. Know, on the yeah. bag, and then it's not it's not attached to the player, but yeah. you're still there during the important combos. But to that point of like, all right, we don't need players mic'd up. We just we you can use the boom mics if the announcers shut up. Like they are executing on that, and we are going to shred them and tear them into pieces in the Amsterdam portion of this episode. But I I am in on how they are currently handling player yeah. caddy combos. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge huge development. Yeah, talking about Morikawa, I was very impressed. I mean, he putted really really well the first two days, and I was curious to see how that would last. On We've had some weekend. internal texts going of like, I'm not sold that his putting is a, is an issue. You guys are way in on it. Well, and then of course I get, you know, I get owned by everybody on Twitter because, you know, oh man, like he made that, that 30 foot putt to get in the, you know, and I'm like, that's not the issue. It's like the 30 foot. Yeah. I'm like, it, I'm more worried about the, the two, three, like he's 198th on tour in, in like putts inside of three feet. Ugh. And he's like 175th in strokes game putting coming into either coming into this week or coming into today. Yeah, um, and, the, it's and, it's, and it's markedly worse in final rounds. Yeah, that 11-inch putt to get into the playoff lipped like it was on its way out. Yeah, and like I'm not saying this because I'm I'm rooting against. Like I'm no. I'm saying it because I'm I really like the guy and I want him to be an all-world player and all that. I just like the more of that shit that happens, the harder it's going to be to to really get where he wants to be because that that shit is demoralizing. Yeah, it's weird to kind of have this stance overall when I think so. He ended up at uh, he gained four and a half shots on the field putting this week, twenty fourth overall. Yeah. To your point, it was uh, negative. His only day with negative strokes game putting was today, the final round. He's forty fifth today. He lost a shot. And he made to the some field. good. I mean, he made a good putt on um, seventeen. On seventeen, good. he made a good putt on fifteen. So you know, it's not like he didn't didn't. Make some important right. runs, but it's not an asset right now. It's definitely yeah. not an asset. It's more of a liability. This week, it was l much less of a liability, and in fact, it ended up being an asset mostly for him this week. But I mean, the the, the iron play, it's going to become a, a you incredible. know a joke, but it really is really 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 good. At one point, I think it was sometime yesterday. I think it was appro his approach into fifteen. I'm watching, and he hits a, a um, I think it was maybe not, but I don't know exactly what hole. But he goes hits it, and he goes go left. And the ball ended yeah. within five feet, just right of the pin. Like that's how accurate he is with his irons. And he and Hovland hit the exact same percentage of greens this week. Really, seventy-seven point seven eight. Guess guess what the percentage of greens that uh, JT hit was? Uh, sixty-eight. 
55. What? Yeah. No way. 55.5. And he didn't make a bogey oh, until on, today. Hold on. That was no, that was that was today. I'm sorry. Okay. That's <laughs> going to say. He had 66% uh first round, 88% second round, 78% third round and 55% today. Yeah. He he it was a weird weird day for JT. Um so he was 72% for the week, which okay. which makes it decent. That sounds goodness. a lot. Yeah. I was like, God, how the hell did he <laughs> I'd spooked myself here. Uh actually even more amazing. Morikawa hit 77.78% of the greens in three of the four rounds. Wow. So, um, yeah, I mean, like just just seeing him hit, uh, gosh, like that six iron on, what was that, on 16? I mean, just just seeing how committed he is to each each iron shot is, it, it, like, it, it's, it's super disappointing to see him in the rough off the tee because mm-hmm. I feel like we're being deprived of watching something beautiful. And a lot of people have this comment, uh, you know, just how much more interesting it is to watch good iron play come down the stretch rather than just guys murder, like yeah. murder drive. And then like a little flip wedge in, um, before we, I, I still want to talk some more, Morikawa. Um, you're aware of this. And I'm sure most of our listeners are aware of this, but DraftKings has brought their expertise to legal sports betting. It is a legitimate sports book. How many, how many like janky sports books have you used online? Oh God. <laughs> have lot. you ever seen any of that money? Well, how many janky sports books? And then how many bookies are. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, you can rest assured that your funds are totally secure they are based here uh, r- right here in the United States it is America's top rated sports book app it's safe secure and reliable you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience and new users get a sign up bonus up to $1,000 now Tiger and Phil are both playing the memorial this week and the DraftKings is boosting Tiger to finish higher than Phil to plus 200 so you can bet 10 to win 20 bucks if Tiger finishes better than Phil during the week of July 13th, and there will also be MMA, uh, English Premier League soccer, and Spanish soccer, La Liga, and, and a lot more. So head to the app right now. Check out what they have to offer, including player props, live betting, and much more. If it's not available in your state yet, don't forget about the Fantasy app uh, for this weekend's golf tournament. They're offering a $1 million top prize. So Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code NLU when you sign up for a limited time. All new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter code NLU when you sign up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match. Each up to $500 deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Boom! That was my best one yet on the legalese. We are improving on that. Um, yeah, I had, J- I had JT this week. You don't have to remind me about Oh, did you really? Kings. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. 12 to 1. It would have been a lot of weeks of the favorite in a, uh, in a row of yeah. the favorite winning. Yeah, which uh, I think Morikawa was 50 to 1. That seems, yeah, I guess... We picked him so much in the early part of that of our picks as well, and I don't think it, nobody had him this week. But so the putting, we 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 are concerned going forward. So do we think today, like winning, does that change anything for him? You think does he grip it a little bit? I don't want to say does he grip no, it more I mean, loosely because he grips it very loosely. It definitely gives you, you know, anytime you win, it gives you confidence. Not that I would know, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think. Part of it with me is like it just looks so uncomfortable. He yeah. stands over it so long. Yeah. I remember watching him at Reno in person last year was the first time I'd seen him. And and I remember being like standing there watching him. I followed him for nine or ten holes. And that was my biggest takeaway other than the ball striking was God, he does not look comfortable yeah. putting. Would you rather five footer for your life? Would you rather 
he hit the putt or Hideki hit the putt? Oh, man. Um, Morikawa. Okay. I yeah. think so, too. Yeah. Not, people do not get on Hideki enough for how bad he is. Well, I, think, I think there's such a long, like, with Hideki, we absolutely know. Who yeah, we've seen that for a but long time. I think time. Morikawa, it can go either way, right? I swear there's just no one that gets cut to more often, and it helps that CBS only shows putts, really. Just cutting to Matsuyama, and he's got an eight-footer, and it just doesn't touch the hole. Like, it's just how he hasn't figured any of that out. There, uh, I think there is something to be said, too. For these guys, they've got a lot of birdie putts that are yeah, that's true. five to 12 feet. And they're, those aren't necessarily always the... A lot of birdie putts that aren't the highest percentage, but Craig Fishman asked a great question. Over under on Morikawa career wins, 15 and a half. And thank you to Craig for sending in the actual, uh, uh, the number over under. A lot of people just ask you for the over under. It's always great when you send the actual number. I'll go, I'll go over on that. I think that's an easy answer, so but I want to go under just because it seems like every time we get an opportunity to do one of these, it, I always go over. I think I've given Rory, you know, Spieth eight majors, Rory 10. I'll just say under just for fun. I mean, I think he's obviously supremely talented and going to be such a mainstay, but I'll just say under just, just literally for the hell of it. Going back to the putting and some of this could be sample size, but then again, at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're looking at a couple hundred attempts on a lot of these. Morikawa from inside 10 feet, he's 165th, 10 to 15 feet. He's 42nd. And then from 15 to 20 feet, he's 209th. And from 20 to 25 feet, he's 200th. Hmm. So there seems to be something in that 10 to 15 range. You know, it could be, you know, it, that's on 104 attempts. But, you know, it seems like there's, you know, part of it maybe he's he's an aggressive putter yeah. as it is too. Hmm. So, Rob Finley, which upcoming majors suit Morikawa the best? I mean, I don't know what made, what courses he's not going to be a good fit at. Yeah, drives it long and straight. Yeah, he's long enough. He's not super long, but plenty long to contend, and he's going to hit a shitload of greens. And if he runs into a hot week, so I would, I would, I'm not putting him at the top of the list for British Opens right now. But I mean, gosh, Wingfoot seems like a really good place for him. That right? definitely does, I and mean, Harding does seems to too. If Bryson wasn't going to win by eight, I would say Morikawa would would, uh, would fit in very well there. Um, all right, straight vibing. What does Victor Hovland have to do to, uh, to sacrifice in order to break the Puerto Rico Open curse? Oh man, that's a that's an interesting one. Um, it's not his day. He today. just needs to putt better. Yeah, I think. And and the chipping, like when he left the when he left the shot in the rough, like dude, I I feel your pain, man. That's and he's been really open and honest about the chipping struggles. So he had a good chipping week. Yeah. He was, he was until today, he gained every day, strokes gained every single day around the greens. Uh, he was 17th overall. Then the putting really did let him down. He lost a shot in half the field, 52nd in putting this week. Had a bad day today. Especially. Yeah. Yeah. He lost two and a half, two, almost two and a half shots today and led the field in strokes gained T to green, which is always tough to, you know, not win when I think the concern with him on the chipping is going to be, down here in the south on the Bermuda. Yeah, he it's, should be better for the be better on grasses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that kind of neutralizes chipping chipping ability, I think, at least a little bit, or at least the contact. It becomes more of a guessing game on how it's going to come out, which, in my theory, would mean that the lower-skilled chippers would have uh, kind of neutralized some of the higher-skilled chippers. That Agree. Could be, could be proven wrong, but that's my assessment. But, I tend to think when they slow the greens down a little bit, it actually... Um, it actually favors the better putters. Mm -hmm. You find that too, like a little shorter stroke and. Yeah, I'd have to think about that probably some more. I'm terrified of on the, to make these comments anymore because the data police will just come circling, circling. I just know even. personally, I'm not yeah. a good putter. Eh, you're a pretty good putter. I'm not a good putter right-handed. 
great putter <laughs> left-handed now. Um, but the, uh, like, I, I feel 10 times more comfortable on fast greens where I just barely have to get the ball started. Mm-hmm. There's so much less that can go wrong on a shorter stroke. Mm-hmm. So I think, I'm curious to see how much quicker they are this yeah. week. Yeah, it's it was weird having first of all the the weather moving up the tee times gave us this three man pairing, which is about as I don't. It, it's hard to like find a guy to root against out of that pairing. Like it's three extremely likable guys. I that think. was the thing. Yeah. Like, I think you know I, I tweeted on twelve or thirteen. I'm like I'm just enjoying the hell out of this. I yeah. don't really care who wins. Like there's no there's no bad result here as long as they all play well. That's what I would have you know in a different world I'd have been much more upset about JT. JT blowing us, or I don't want to say blowing it. Actually, that, that takes us to our next question from Ryan Schleyhuber. Uh, Does JT have a little choke in him last year at Riviera than today? Question mark. I mean, you're going to let some, like, yeah. Choke is the wrong word. Nobody's cat. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's what I was ready to call JT a killer. I think I uncalled him a killer, called him a killer again. And then now we, un- we I think we call off the killer thing. It, it's easy to pick off guys that, you know, and I think I tweeted this Saturday. Justin Ray was tweeting some stats on it too. Like the PGA Tour average for closing a 54-hole lead is 44%. Now, JT is one of the best players in the game. He should have a higher percentage yeah, than that. Or 70%. He was 8 of 12 going into it, which is 2 of 3, 66%. So now he's 8 of 13. It's tr- not trending in the in the best way. I mean, it seems to, you know, with the, the couple of these are starting to be a little bit more tip of the tongue and fresh um, on a lot of people's minds, but... He's also the guy that has won the most of anyone on tour the last four seasons. This was would, would have been his 13? Would have been 13, which would have tied Duvall. So that would have been 13 in six years. Duvall did 13 in five. I looked this up because I had a bunch of tweets ready for if he won. Glad I didn't tweet those out uh, before the final result because I was, I was ready to. But it was, you know, some questionable strategy coming down the stretch for JT, I think. Uh, leaning hard on that three-wood that yeah. queefed it on 18, queefed it on 18 again, and Even then, worse the second time. And then yeah. queefed it on, on 10. when they, And he hit one good one the third time they played 18. But, yeah, it was... I get I, the three wood on 18, but I've played Muirfield a few times. And, great, you know, like, I, obviously I'm not hitting anywhere near as far as these guys. But 10's never struck me as a as a non-driver hole. Is it I'm, just because you have to shape it left? I guess. more comfortable with that? I guess. And maybe it, it just gives you a softer landing. If you're coming into that fairway, at the, the, you know, the further left you got to go... It's just less landing space. And I think he kind of thought if he kind of pushed one a little bit, it would land softer and and stay short. But uh, I, he also, watching him play, makes me, it just looked like, he's like, I have a strategy for this golf course. I'm going to, it, it, there wasn't a lot of decision-making done by him. And I'm not even being critical of that. It's just like when he got to 17 on Saturday, it was like, all right, three wood. He knows what he needs. He knows, and he hit this, just dropped down the elevator shaft like a wedge from like 160 coming into that green to a front pin, which nobody was getting at all day. And it's decisive, and I think that played to his benefit. Now, when the three wood started getting a little squirrely coming down the stretch, I'm surprised he didn't go to driver on 10. But um, I don't know. Yeah, that was that was a. I'll just spoil it right now. That's my my rub of the green of the week was uh, the three wood on on eighteen getting stuck directly behind a tree. I'm sorry, on ten the the playoff the final playoff hole getting stuck directly behind a tree. Listen, if you're going to hit three squirrely ones, it's, it's something bad's about to happen. I was most disappointed to be honest. The bunker shot he hit on the seventy second hole uh, was it was not that difficult for those guys. A, a downwind eight iron from one sixty five from the flat part of the bunker, no lip issues. He should be able to get that on the green. I think that's a shot. If he had one shot back, he would take that one and and maybe I don't know if he needed seven iron on it, but he's got to cover that front. I'm more encouraged than I am discouraged. 
Yes. With it, with, you know, between the shot on 15 uh, and just the putter. It seemed like the putter was really what let him down the last, you know, because I keep thinking that he's had kind of a rough start to. Uh, Dude, he looks like he's I raced. Mean, he was T10 at Colonial or Charles Schwab. He was, he was T8 at Heritage, missed the cut at Travelers, and then kind of got in the lab, it seems like. And yeah, I mean, I, I think he's I think he's on the cusp of of doing some some nice things. I know he's coming off a miscut at Travelers, but I honestly think he's raised his floor. Like during this yeah. three month period off, I think he you know it's, it's a it's been heavily publicized on social media. Uh, but I think he's got himself in a lot better shape and seems to have just kind of he's always he's never been you know a strong dude, but kind of has like a just weird. I don't want to say like kind of skinny fat to him, but now he looks like toned up and looks like in shape and well conditioned. He's kind of had some dad bod. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit, but now he looks like he's, I mean, these dudes that are on this Peloton thing is, it's yeah. a real, uh, no, nobody's coming off like, you know, being on the Peloton that much and not coming off like much more toned and in better shape to be able to handle the rigors of, and honestly, like we'll talk about the whoop, you know, here in the coming up periods, but like the data you get from that about your physical condition and stuff, I'm sure those guys have learned a lot and you're going to see more and more optimization, even more body optimization, not necessarily in the Bryson style. He's the one I'm most excited to watch. It seems like we're, we're going to get to a point here in August and September where we've got a lot of guys trying to peak at the same time here. And obviously that's always the case. Mm -hmm. Cat, you know, cat's kind of the X factor, but between DJ being in good form finally. Brooks needs to figure it out, but JT, there's some dogs mm-hmm. that are ready to ready to fight now, I think. Question here on setup real quick before we move on to getting down the leaderboard a little bit, but uh, this is from at Trunch who said, are the guys who didn't play this weekend going to have an advantage next week when the greens are back to normal speed now that these guys have adjusted? I don't think so. I don't think so either. These guys move from week to week, from tournament to tournament, and they'll get used to it within a couple days of... You know, they, they they spend hours and hours on the putting green every week, the practice putting green, dialing in their speed, and I don't I don't anticipate that being an issue. As far as leaderboard stuff, Chase Seifert or Seifert, he I was really impressed with him today. Felt like it could have even been a little bit better, but uh, it was really interesting to see him kind of manage it down the stretch, knowing he had a two shot cushion over ahead the, of over fifth place. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Which is extremely important, and that's yeah. not to make this an F one podcast more than it already is now, but. What they do such a good job of is like emphasizing how important it is to finish fourth versus fifth. And the PGA Tour does not do that at all, especially for these guys that are fighting for a career spot. And, and we're getting, it's getting late early as yes. far as the FedEx Cup goes. Yes. I mean, uh, he was at, he was 160th coming into the week. Solo fourth moves him to 109. Which puts him inside the bubble, of course, for the playoffs. Yeah. So, and every opportunity I get to say, just put the dan- their current. FedEx Cup standing on the screen. The projected FedEx, I was trying to think of, if I could think of, I, there's probably 10 things I'd rather have up there than projected FedEx Cup standing. Just put the current. How about just where they of are course, in the fucking tournament? Of course, where they are in the <laughs> tournament. But if you need to do a FedEx obligation, current standing, just show me that. I don't care about projected. Yeah. Put Bose up there. Just, yeah. you, you can't put just projected up there. It is so confusing, and ev- literally everyone's tuning it out. Um, Which and it was cool to see him make uh, make the mega four on on eleven, <laughs> laid up in the water and hold out from the fairway, and then went over and birdied twelve. Yeah. So that was that was, was cool to see. It was fun to see his post round interview too, because you could tell he had some serious like, man, I'm, this never happened to me before. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with my hands, kind of vibe going on. Um, Florida Triple Crown winner. I saw that. Yeah, I'm very glad he's out of the very uh, remarkable. Out Won of the, the the what the the Florida Open. 
the Florida State AM and the Florida match play in the same year, 2012. Well, I'm glad he won't be in this year's State AM. I still need to get my way into that one. But Cantlay is going to win next week for sure. Memorial. He had a 65 today with two bogeys, yeah. including bogey on 18. He's he was five under through five, I think, and he won the Memorial last year. So you can just chalk that up. T11 uh, and T7 first two starts back. Poulter had a Poulter putted his ass off this week. Mm-hmm. Gary Woodland just did his little struggling thing of playing golf, but somehow finishing the top 10 now, which seems to be a, a very real thing. And really respected America in the process. He did. He his, was His shirt literally said America. Down the back of it. <laughs> I honestly thought Jason Day missed the cut. Yeah, I forgot he still plays. Yeah. I'll be honest. So, yeah, cool to see him in the top 10 this week. You know, I want to shout out Peter Malnati. <laughs> uh, he shot 68, came out firing on Thursday. Uh, he had rounds in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Shot 84 yesterday, battled back today. I made a, a bad pun on Twitter, and a variety of caddies came after me. Like I said, more like Peter Malnati, am I right? <laughs> Bunch of caddies came after me and said, he's the nicest guy and he gets more out of his talent. I'm like, we know that. Dude, I know. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, I just, I can still make a bad pun about, yes. his, about his last name and shooting 84, right? His 68 included two bogeys in a, he, bo- he bogeyed 13, 14 and doubled 17 on his way to shooting 68 on Thursday. And then, yeah, I don't know what the hell happened on, uh, on Saturday, but 40, it's, 44. Believe me, nobody respects Peter Malnati more than me because I don't think there's a, like he gets more out of bad ball striking than anybody on tour. He's gritty as fuck. I will say shining light on good players playing badly is not mean. Like if no. if, if it's a Stephen Bowditch or Smiley Kaufman. I'm not like making that, fun of guys. I know, guys. yes. Yeah, yeah. Like that is a Missing different scenario. Cuts, but yeah. like if a guy goes out and shoots 84, like that's kind of funny sometimes because <laughs> we know how good they are. This is the most relatable game in, in the world. When you see one of these guys struggle or if they're on their way to a bad day. And to this point, John Rahm who was kind of scuttling a little bit on Thursday, sprays one way right on six and does like the double arm waving it right. And I put him on blast on Twitter, just screenshotted it all. Just like, I, I forget what I said about it. And he gets right on there, quote retweets it with a joke. Like put a, put a orange vest on me and some red wands and I'm an aircraft <laughs> engineer, whatever he said. And I was like, that's on the heels of Bryson yelling at a cameraman last week. It was just, that made me happy. That made me very happy to see somebody take Rom, it as a joke. Rom flicked off a hole again this Yeah, week. which is great, it's which awesome. is fine. Like, More that's not that. damaging your brand. Like, it, it is it's part Helping of, your brand. Yes, at least in our eyes. So uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to give a quick celebration of that. Speaking of grit, I do want to give a shout out to Chez. T17 this week, 70, 72, 70, 67. You know, good to see Chez back back at it after a couple of bad weeks. It's going to be weird following the end of the season, FedEx Cup season, regular season without the cards on the line. You know, it is just truly to get in the playoffs, which I care a lot less now. It's way more interesting to see if guys are going to maintain their status for next year. Uh, then, but of course, with the COVID, there's not, no one is losing status this year. And even that, guys are like, nobody's even shifting categories. Around. I know. <laughs> you just you just lose status or you you lose priority within your category. But for a guy that, is a winner of the last couple of years or somebody that's finished that like made the tour championship last year. All right, cool. They'll be 30th of that category. Did you see uh, the, what the season of championships has now been renamed to? No, it's the championship stretch, uh, which is of course the PGA championship, the FedEx cup playoffs, and then the U S open and then the masters. And the only one they did a graphic with that. They didn't put logos on the, on any of the majors, but they put the little FedEx cup logo on the little graph that was for the FedEx Cup playoffs, and they didn't put logos on anything else. Is that because they don't have the rights to? 
I wouldn't think so. I mean, CBS has the rights to the PGA Championship. I mean, and the Masters, right? So I don't know. It's, that's a very, very tour thing. Speaking of tour things, are we ready? Yes. All right. There, we are not going to apologize for however long this takes this week because judging from reaction on Twitter, it was a complete shit show. Um, I, I don't want to say complete shit show because I, I think people have forgotten that as of, I wish I had the date, even a couple years ago, I, I want to say like RBC Heritage 2018 was not even streamed live on Sundays because mm-hmm. they moved up for weather. That was the wind year. The wind that was Satoshi Kadaira, I think, won that one. I yeah, think it yeah. wasn't even live. And I forget when, I think it was Memorial in 2018, they had it changed around so they could at least go to CBSSports.com and watch it online. Now, what and this is a good question we got from Roger K. Question for the pod tonight. How do you feel about golf TV personalities on Twitter chastising golf fans for complaining about no slash limited live TV coverage during final round? Again, explaining again how TV contracts work for those who don't get it. So there's two there's two things in play here. I think you've got the golf channel people who are probably unfairly getting criticized because there is nothing that they can do. They want to believe me, they want to show the golf and they want to now, do they come off as condescending when they when they explain it to people? Absolutely. But they are taking an unfair amount of criticism yeah. for what is a tour and CBS decision. Yes. And here's the deal. Everyone wants to put their hands up and be like, well, it's not our fault. Like we blah, blah, blah. Somebody signed an agreement where this could become a possibility. So how like... And then they're going to say, well, you know, the new... The new rights deal starts next year. Which I don't have, I don't know if they would have this figured out for next year either. But it, somebody somebody set something up wrong. Okay, this this can't happen. Like if you want, this is your chance, figure something out. I don't know exactly how, of course I don't know exactly how these works, but I understand that Golf Channel can't just come on and say, I'm going to show the final round. It's not Golf Channel's yeah, decision. they don't own the rights. Yeah, yeah. They, so we got a lot of emails and DMs and tweets saying like, how come this isn't on Golf Channel right now? It's not on them. It is on someone though. And I put it mostly on the tour. Like they have yeah. sold these rights for whatever it is. And they when they sold them. themselves any flexibility. None. No creativity. I mean, and like, why the fuck does CBS have a, a dedicated sports network? <laughs> like, why do I pay for that yeah. in my cable package? If like, when there's an opportunity to actually have something, like I think it was the professional bull riders tour today. Uh, sponsored by the U.S. Border Patrol, the Monster Classic, or something like that, and and then on CB and on regular CBS, it was paid programming, hot topic, and then this like murder like crime show for an hour or an hour and a half. And basically, they could have easily put it on CBS, made everybody happy, and then replayed it at three, made everybody happy again because it was good enough that like people would watch it on a replay. It just seems like they like the tour just cannot get out of their own way. Like to all the people saying, "Well, like you guys don't understand how TV contracts work." Like, yeah, we do, but like we just don't give a shit either. Right. I'm done like having to be like as a golf fan that wants to watch golf on TV. I'm done being like, "Oh, well, that makes sense." Like they signed that deal. It's like, no, you signed the fucking deal. Like this is wrong. You messed this up, and you can't show and us live good golf for when you all need parties to. involved. Sure, to figure it out. And so like. You know, you're trying to get as many people to watch as possible. You're trying to get. You would think you have your you have your three most promising young stars in the mix on a Sunday. Coffee golf too. I mean, great, like great. I love watch. Like I love it when they bump stuff up. Mm-hmm. I have to rearrange my day, but I like it because I have the rest of the day to go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just so frustrating when 
Like people want to watch because streaming is not the same. Oh, it is hundred percent not. Thank you for saying that because everyone just, oh, I've got the Roku app. It's playing just fine over here. Hey, and it like, didn't work on Roku today. Like it, I got the the spinning wheel of death. Uh, I tried to load it through my smart TV, and then the the black commercial screens. It makes the commercials that much more jarring. Well, it got really bad at the end when they were in playoff. Yet they would just like go to this black screen, and apparently. The black screen in the playoff is because they don't they stop taping during that so they can time the show to fit it into the three hour window for the replay. Really? Yes. So and not only do they rob the viewers who are who have gone out of their way to stream it online, to watch, and they sit through all this shit. They don't Take the time to, like, if you want to set up drama in between shots, keep cameras on these two guys. Talk about how JT just lost two shots in the last three holes. Colin Morikow was trying to win a second. Like, talk about this stuff. Set the scene. No, they go to a black screen for editing purposes to time out the show for the replay. That when I found that out, I was so upset that I dedicated so much time to it. And stream, I, the online stream worked great. CBSSports.com. I went on my computer. But if I wasn't it was good on my computer, but yeah. like, like I'm, you know, I'm sitting there on the couch, I'm giving my son Freddie lunch and all that. And it's like, it's just an imposition. Yes. And then on top of that, like, you know, we were talking to DJ earlier, DJ was on the road, you know, stopping for lunch. He's trying to watch it. And the, the stream cuts out when JT's putt on 18 was a foot out like, the hole. I, I'm not, I'm not saying this in any, in, in any braggadocious way, but I'm in the top whatever percent of golf fans of as far as dedicating time, right? I didn't know how to find it at 11 o'clock. I honestly didn't because it. I, first of all, I didn't know it was on Golf Channel this morning. I tried to stream it on PGA Tour Live. It wouldn't come up. And so a friend of mine reached out and said, um, well, my uncle just ordered PGA Tour Live for $70 because he thought that's where he could stream, <laughs> stream the final round broadcast. That's and the so- other problem everybody like it's so territorial and everybody's got their stuff and it's 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 exhausting it to try really to. really is and it didn't come on immediately it was like a 10 they took at least 10 minutes from that they signed off from the golf channel this morning earlier than it was like a 15 minute gap jt had hit it to two feet on eight and they missed it i mean it's just oh god it's a comedy of of ineptitude it's such hard work and it it's like not only are we trying to get more people to watch we're just trying to keep the same people that's watching, the thing right and yeah like, you know what like probably if we weren't doing this pod and if and if it wasn't three guys if it was brendan Steele, troy Merritt, and nate lashley up there like cool i'm going to the beach the rest yeah, of the day done. guys like peace don't need it don't do not need it at all so i will say on the on the coverage front i thought i really like mark immelman i think he does a a, a good job he certainly needs to diversify some of his phrasing <laughs> a little bit but you know, I think he's he, he gets in, he gets out, he says what he needs to say, and then, yeah, I mean, God, Faldo just it seems to be getting worse and worse every week. So I, I I am this isn't directed at any announcers in particular. I'm so over announcers being stunned at how far guys hit irons. Like there was at one point, I forget who it was. It was like someone leaning on a nine iron from 172 into 18 it's was like, like oh, that's a stock, dude. When I it's downwind one, and there's that's a, how far pros hit nine irons. That's not that shocking anymore. That's separate issue. But I think this this highlights. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how you're ever going to grow the game when like one of grow grow your audience. I hate grow the game. How you're ever going to grow your audience if like who what non hardcore golf fan went out of their way to stream this today? Like you can't. It, it is 
the barrier to entry for streaming is higher than anyone wants to believe that it is. We got texts from guys that play on yeah. tours that were like, hey, how, wait, do hey how do I watch this? I don't know how to watch this. You know? <laughs> and, and it's a shame because I thought overall, I thought it was a pretty good broadcast. I, I thought so too. You know, they had yeah. three guys to cover. They sprinkled in uh, Seifert and Woodland a little bit. But other than that, it was like, cool. If this is a three-man match, bring it to us. And so I thought they mostly did that. And then, you know, and then of course all this happens. Yeah. So, and I don't want everybody to think that we're just not doing the Hamsterdam thing this week just because I'm back or something like yeah. that. No, this was a called for. This was, people were were fired up about this. And gosh, if it would have been sick if they still weren't. I mean, I mean, we, the reason why it's worth discussing is we bitched about this when you couldn't even live stream it and they adjusted to being able to do it, which at the time I remember being like, what the hell? This has been a possibility the whole time, and you just haven't done it until people actually complained about it. So I don't know. Maybe there'll be change. I well, it won't be this year. I can promise that. But maybe in the future, hopefully, something. There's guys. There has to be a better answer than oh, the contracts. Oh, the well, contracts. I mean, you would think the contract would be easier to navigate if the PGA Tour has a stake in, yeah, whatever they're calling golf, yeah, whatever they're calling it now. But, all right, you ready to move down to the list to uh, Brooks Kepka versus Bryson? Oh, I would love to. This I think it was was it Tuesday or Monday? I, I it was it wasn't necessarily the most timely thing. He could have done it Sunday night after, as Bryson was marching on to victory. But uh, Brooks Kepka tweets a, a gif from Eastbound and Down of Kenny Powers uh, having an incident after a steroid uh, a steroid <laughs> in, infused incident, which you don't he didn't mention any names with it, but. Uh, you know, piecing two and two together here, uh, I believe it was directed at Bryson uh, coming off the win. I was disappointed to hear that Brooks was at one point committed to the memorial and then no longer committed to it, and all of a sudden misses the cut Friday and commits to next week's memorial. That was a roller coaster of emotions because if he's going to call him out for steroids, you better be there at the event. It was uh, Tuesday at 3 p.m. Okay, so yeah, it was there. That's a little late for that. But I think it's Brooks kind of proving to everybody like, yo, like I don't, I don't care. I, I don't know what day of the week it is, man. Like, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm not watching the golf. <laughs> he probably didn't know till Tuesday. He also tweeted or uh, replied to a Golf Digest Instagram. It's like a caption, a dumb caption contest thing. Uh, Brooks like upset, and he captioned it with like, when, when. So Paige McKenzie had called for Brooks to get suspended for this tweet, which is she's that's yeah, a don't amazing, even get me started. Amazing take, but uh, he says when you turn on the TV and at Paige whatever is talking, uh, and so he he definitely heard it and rolled his eyes at, at that comment. But and then Bryson took Bryson his, responds took his, took his trophy to uh, oh yeah to this to the steakhouse in Dallas. Like he's he's walking around with his Rocket Morgan trophy, like it's. <laughs> Like it's a green jacket or the Clara jug or something. Well, the video, the good, I don't know if he's like starting a production company or what's going on. For I him. think he hired Antonio Brown. The guy. That <laughs> yeah. The same. <laughs> he's making hype videos on his Instagram and made a minute, 50 second, whatever, a 50 second long video of him just pounding drivers in what I believe to be Chris Como's living room. Uh, I, I, don't know. I'm not really following where that was or whatnot. Was that a camera on the other side of the net that kept getting showing hit, up? And, and which I don't know why that camera view wouldn't be used in this. But so the video starts with him swinging, swinging, and then the clips just get faster and faster and faster until it's him just whacking driver, and it ends with a screenshot of showing that he hit 144 miles an hour club head speed, which is off the charts. Like Cam Champ is like 130. And Bryce, Bryce, that's like legitimate, 
long drive contender speed. And the caption was leveling up, yeah. correct? Yes. Okay. So I think honestly that he needed a week off to like rebuild some, get some strength back to be like, no, no, I, I'm just kind of fading coming down the stretch with my driver. I think driver. that's going to be a big thing. Yeah. Especially as we get into the fall. It's probably more of a thing now because it's so hot where he's losing uh, water weight and he's, and he's struggling to, to work out as much just because he's exerting more, more energy on course. But, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be something where, you know, he needs to take every few weeks off. Well, I want to, I meant to look this up. There was a a report somewhere in an Irish newspaper, I believe that a, uh, he just started floating the question about all the intake Bryson has had. And the two questions that are out there that I believe he proposed, and I I, forgive me, I don't have the, the name in front of me was has Bryson been tested for, you know, has there been a drug test since he's come back from like, has the tour just shifted their focus to COVID and to like, and if so what kind of drug, because that's yeah. the other thing, like from a drug perspective, right. Like, I don't think they're testing for what these guys would be using. No. And Rory has said in the past, like I, you know, I could take HGH if I wanted to and not be detected and stuff yeah. like that. But the other thing is the hotness of the driver. Like, are they still testing equipment? I haven't heard anything on that, and they're not really letting much media on site to ask people these questions. So it's or you know equipment guys either. Right. There's not a whole. I mean, there there's a few you know, but it's not the full staffs and everything yeah. like that. So I I doubt the testers are essential personnel. Yeah. Sorry. So I found the name, and I regret finding it because I don't know how to say it. But Maliki Clerken, and it's from the Irish Times. And the question is just Deschambeau's transformation raises questions, but who will ask them? So I think it's important to phrase it that way, like. Just let, let's get some answers to these questions. No one is saying, Bryson, you're on steroids, blah, blah, blah. I've seen a lot of the jokes and I've kind of rolled my eyes at it, but I also was like, yeah, you, that's the reason why you test. Is like, I like to have some answers to those questions. Also, yeah, from a behavior perspective, you know, I mean, our friend Latimer from the program, he, you know, he was roided out of his mind and he was freaking out on people, you know, like there's some anger things that yeah. go along with steroids. Yeah. So. Uh, Tony Finau hit 206 ball speed in a Twitter video. So, Which that outweighed the fact that he shot 59 yeah. with bogey. <laughs> yeah, bogey on 18 or 17, one of the last two holes. Yeah, he played the, he played the last two holes and one over. He was 14 under through 16, shot 59 at his home course. Which maybe, you know, maybe he's not a killer. <laughs> what, uh, what do we think about some of the lines that Bryson's going to take at Memorial? Well, the one that Phil took, what hole was that on the front nine uh, that Phil took the other day? Did he go way left on three? So is that, so, the, is that the par five? Um, five is five and seven are the par fives on the front. On. So what I, I was pulling up a fun new thing to do is pull up Google Earth of golf courses and see like what the three thirty to three fifty carries are that Bryson could consider considering you know on the variant the variant uh, wins. So Rory Sabatini played number three, uh, which if you don't know what number three at Mirfield Village looks like, it is just a very obvious iron off the tee to a fairway, and then it goes back across this pond to the left. Rory hits what I believe to be driver uh, up near 4T to just avoid the water overall, and I guess chip from on top of that hill. He made birdie when he he made bogey in round four when he did it, um, but on uh, Friday he did it and made birdie. So Bryce, it's like a 330-something carry to the front of that green. Now it's a very narrow green. I think at the very front, it's, I don't know, something like 15 yards wide. I doubt we see Bryson do that, but that's a possibility. So Mickelson on five Mm -hmm. in round two, uh, cut the corner, hit one 368 to the right rough, had 113 yards in. Really? On five. Which is on five. 530 yard dogleg right, par five with a creek running all the way up the left side. Right. 
Um, um, and I guess he was talking to some guys on the putting green uh, when they restarted. I, I think Fierig asked him about it, and he was like, yeah, dude. Like, Holy crap. <laughs> like, I took it. You know, I mean, he's taking it over houses and stuff. Yeah, that I didn't think about that line because Bryson, I thought Bryson might go to that second fairway on five. On the other side of the um, Which, yeah, it, even if the tees are back on 14, could we see him take driver and try to drive 14? Uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, none of the bunkers are in play for him. I, I, there's one on 17 that's like 325 carry, but that usually plays downwind. He can hit three wood over that probably if he wants to. So I think we uh, we skipped over like Brooks. Yeah. Kind of just Stinky. He was what? How many over this week through... I mean, his first nine. Uh, he started on the back. On, Five over, shot forty on the front, uh, forty-one on the on on the yeah, his front nine. Like yeah, with with bogeys on both the par fives, on his front nine. Um, statistically, you know, he was hitting forty. He hit forty-two percent of the fairways in his first round. Sixty-one uh, percent of greens didn't putt well, um, and then don't see any stats for his second round. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what, you know, it seemed like he played better. He shot 69 second round. So are we concerned at all about him? Do we I mean, think? he's not out. I mean, he's outside the playoff bubble right now. I mean, he's 156, which is a weird, weird conversation to have. I mean, it has not been not been a good year. And I know I don't I don't know. We're, we're late in the season. and This is not necessarily COVID related. I don't know how many uh, how, exactly how many starts he's had this year, but it's not. He should not be this far out. I am surprised to see him adding this week. It seems like a little bit of a, you know. Uh, and it's a lot. His quotes on it too are a little bit unbrooks like. Like, yeah, I'm trying to get in the playoffs and I need this and all that. And like, he, he, like, a, I guess Minnesota is a better venue for him. But it just seems like, all right, like, put all your eggs in the basket of, you know, playing well there and one or two other places, Memphis. You know. Yeah, he's got nine starts this year for the whole year his best finish he, he did finish seventh at, at heritage yeah i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird dash he's gonna play five weeks in a row i think leading up into this which i mean if you had all this time off though you should that's understandable i guess so moving on oh um, and then and then yeah so brooks and, and bryson um oh yeah yeah so i don't think it's even a possibility to pair them together this week so to share this yeah i hadn't thought of this so brooks so brooks is caddy unless unless ricky elliot um uh, brooks is Caddy. Great player in his own right. Yeah, great player in his own right. Great guy. Uh, he tested positive a few weeks ago for the COVID, mate. And uh, yeah, I guess he's still still having some trouble. It seemed like that was uh, an issue this week with a few guys who had previously tested positive. Watney, Fratelli. Um, who's the other one? Nick Taylor. Nick Ta- no, no, Taylor was coming coming back just yeah. off of a layoff. But, but he was still – I thought he was testing. No, no, no. Ta- okay. Taylor was like not playing the last – Four weeks out of an out of an abundance of caution, an excess of abundance of caution, because he didn't want to expose himself to it, and of course he he was <laughs> paired with Fratelli what? and those guys. So, yeah, so I guess Brooks is either going to have to play with those guys uh, and Champ, or or just not not have Ricky on the bag, but which, or or play by himself, right? So I guess any any hopes of us having Brooks and Bryson together, uh, and then if Brooks, let's say Brooks makes a run and Saturday Sunday, he would have to play by himself. Hmm which is bizarre. It is bizarre. I, I hope that is not the case, or I, maybe I hope he keeps the same caddy for this week. No offense to Ricky, but I want to see Bryson and Brooks this week. If there wasn't that excuse, 
And I'm, I shouldn't say excuse. If there wasn't that reasoning and they didn't pair these two together, then I honestly would be questioning why anyone would follow the game anymore. Like why we were doing this. Like it, it would be steering away from controversy in the worst possible way. Like they are publicly calling each other out. They want it. They want it. Like give it to us. And if they, and I am pre upset about this because I could see a situation where they wouldn't do it. So and they, and they put Ricky on. PGA Tour Live every single yeah. week. So it's not like you guys aren't gerrymandering this stuff right. anyway. So right? please, please do this. Um, no more fans at the Memorial or PGA Tour events uh, for the rest of the year, obviously, which I Abundance believe of caution. that we're, was broken early last week. We're in a in a um, a symptom-based model yeah. now, you know, which I love that they backdated that to July 1st instead of like, you know, like you guys just, made, just, yeah. just totally made that up on the fly on like July 6th or July 7th. Um, yeah, and as we mentioned at the top, Mark Warren won on the Challenge Tour with uh, without a caddy, which is, I think, it takes me to the end of my notes and then to our segments, I believe, unless you got anything else you want to add. Yeah, I just wanted to, so for next week, uh, I wanted to ask you, do you think Jack figures out a way to make, you know, get himself into the booth or Zoom, oh, zoom himself onto the telecast? Oh, for sure. oh yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Jack will be in there for at least, at least 30 minutes, I would think. You at, agree? at least 30 minutes on Sunday, probably couple hours on Saturday. Oh, I would have to think so. Yeah, there, he wouldn't miss that for the world. So I had heard some rumors that, uh, it might have even been from you, I don't remember, but that when they started looking, into, they looked into other places around Columbus to have this tournament and Jack flexed on him and said, like, no, oh, you're really? not, not having it anywhere else. You're having it here in Columbus. That's, that is straight rumor, um, but that adds up on my, to me. Were they looking at Sciota? I heard Sciota and uh, I'd have to check who told me this, um, what the other one was, but Sciota, Sciota would be my candidate, I think would be, would be the best possible one. Which Jack's extra unhappy with Sciota right now too, because they, they're, they they're, undid they're, that probably, they're, they're ripping out all that this checks stuff. out. That definitely checks yeah. out. So, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious, you know, next week they have full license to completely kill the greens. Yeah. Cause they're ripping the place That's up right. yeah. the week after anyway. So I want to see, I want to see him take it past the limit, man. <laughs> the Jeff Ogilvy, I think, said this on the Fried Egg Pod once, and I've never stopped thinking about it. Was the tour is so good at never getting it wrong? Like, imagine setting up that many hole locations and never having one that was too much. But that goes back to our initial talk yeah. at the beginning of the pod about like it's crazy how yeah. little the yes yeah. eight footers break exactly. You know? But I, I'd be surprised if the, I, it'd be really cool if they got it. Super baked out, but I, I don't think that's going to create great TV because of what we talked about in the beginning too. If it's super firm on the greens, ball, every ball is going to roll through the green and end up a foot into the deep rough. Yeah. And it's going to be the same shot over and over and over again. And that it gets does boring. put more of a premium on, on, on hitting fairways. Yes. Yeah. And coming I, in from the right angle. Yeah. Some, but like if you, if you miss, like everyone's going to miss in the same exact spot. It's, I don't know. It'd be harder it to separate be, yourself. We're going to see some serious rub of the greens next week as yeah. far as divots go. You think there's going to be that bad? I mean, like on 14, like I don't see. Yeah, there's not enough space. There, I think there, they. There's only so many places you can set that pin up, and guys are still going to be laying yeah. up to 100 yards out. I think they're resodding some of those spots. They were taking. Week divots. over week? They're taking divots from the range. I heard something about that. Uh, they were going to be regrassing some area. Not, not regrassing, but literally taking pelts and replacing divots huh. and growing them back in. Like they're, I don't think anybody's playing tomorrow. Okay. I think they're having everyone off the course Monday and just doing a, pu- a full maintenance day Monday. Interesting. I should be better research on that, but I Which, think yeah, because like nine, um, nine would seem to be one that would be an issue as mm-hmm. well. Everybody's laying up to the same spots yep. anyway. I could see that. Um, 
All the more reason to move the tee up on 14. 11 if you're not going for it. A lot of guys are laying up at the same spot. Send it on 14 or else you risk laying up into a divot. There you go. Move the yeah. tee up. You have a you hate to see it of the week. Let's get into some segments. Um, Gosh. You know what? We So we tweeted it yesterday. The uh, the guy on the boat out in Tahoe at the, <laughs> at the celebrity event, there was a guy wearing uh, a lime you know, neon green, like tennis ball shirt on a boat that looked like he was about to puke. And I didn't even really notice him at first. I just heard David Bergano caddying <laughs> for Oscar de la Hoya, uh, which David Bergano, if you're not aware, he's in the midst of a, he's got two starts left. He's been on a major medical extension, quote unquote, for uh, 15 years now. Gets, Truly amazing. Gets a few hundred thousand dollars tax free every year from the tour. Just taking advantage of the system. Is that was that rubber the green or is I thought you were gonna say well, that's the green shirt that was gonna be a no I thought the green, the green sh- I don't think the green shirt guy is gonna like he was he he either puked right after that <laughs> or blacked out it was not a good scene so I hated to see that my hate to see it was uh, our no laying up zone Tron Carter um, tweeted out some images of a a grass island within a bunker at the new PGA course uh, that is being done by Gil Hans and our friend Jim Wagner. That looked awfully phallic shape there in the bunker. Uh, and you hate to see it that the PGA, you know, went in and deleted the post because I thought it was funny. It was clearly a uh, an ode to our friend, Mr. Wagner, who has a very juvenile sense of humor. <laughs> uh, and that's just something, you know, at the end of the day, you really do hate to yeah. see. I'm sure he won't he won't mind me saying this. Tom Pashley from Pinehurst reached out. He goes, God, J- Jim Wagner, what a gem. Man. I love that guy. <laughs> So. Uh, my other minor one was you did hate to see Ryan Palmer made a nine on the 16th hole this week, which is the rare sex tuple bogey. Uh, you don't see those too often on the PGA Tour. And when you do, you hate to see it. I do hate to see as well uh, all the WDs. Uh, there were some weather delays and all that. A lot of guys that were well outside the mix that were clearly not going to make the cut. They WD'd. I think it was disrespectful to uh, Workday and to the CEO, Anil Bushri, and uh, and really to Mr. Nicholas as well. <laughs> that would have never happened this week for Memorial. I, I distinctly remember that even Pat Perez, when we were out that one year, uh, Pat Perez, he was playing with two other guys on it was Thursday. It was, it was on a Friday. He was clearly going to miss the cut. He plays his last six or seven holes in like, you know, 45 minutes. Steve Lowry withdrew. And we're like, hey, man, like, why did you even come back out? He's like, dude, I, like, you get fucking roasted by the tour and by everybody if you withdraw from Jack's tournament. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not even going there. Um, the, uh, you have a rub of the green? Um, let's see here. You go first. And then All right. Green. Uh, easy rub of the green this week. I was kind of, I was, I felt very stymied on this until the very end, which was JT's uh, three wood on the 10th hole in the playoff ends up a foot directly behind a tree. It is, it's something you hate to see, and it is truly just the rub of the green. But if you if you spray three squirrely three woods, you're probably going to end up behind a tree on one of them. I mean, really, the weather today was the rub of the green. It forced... I wonder, did it ever come down? It forced all this into, uh, you know, all this broadcast stuff into motion. I also want to say, you know, kind of a reverse rub of the green here, prohibiting the rub of the green from taking over. John Rahm, and I forget who he was playing with on Thursday or Friday, specifically calling out like, hey, can you mark that ball? Mm-hmm. And it was it was beautiful. It was Gary Woodland or, and someone else that they were, he was playing with, I think. On, okay. um, I don't remember exactly who it was. It was, it was exceptional. I feel like I saw a couple of times people, I think Morikawa did at one point, waited for guys to get up there and mark, mark their ball. Which Inspiration. Which you do love to see. Uh, Soapbox Sunday. 
What do you got? Uh, I want to shout out Haley Moore out That's on right. the Cactus Tour. Pulled a Ken Duke. She shot. Uh, she won for the what the third time I think on that tour um, since since the quarantine started. Uh, she shot sixty two. Uh, final round sixty two. Next closest. Nobody else was even in the sixties that day. <laughs> So she's That's truly absurd. She's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I don't uh, care who your competition is. That is insane. No, and like going up, yeah. you know, like going down the list of players, like these are, there's good players. No, I'm not even taking a shot at the competition. I'm saying no matter the competition, if you blow people away by eight, that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was up there for me. She'll be playing in Toledo. Uh, LPJ comes back into this month in Toledo uh, and yeah, we'll see if she can play her way into the uh, the Rico Women's British Open. Yeah, that's which is I got several soapboxes, but one of the things I had on there I wanted to make sure we mentioned that the Rico British Open is is alive and kicking. They're, that's going to be at Royal Troon, as well as the uh, the Women's Scottish Open is going to be at Renaissance. Uh, I don't know if they, I forget are they in back to back weeks? I think they are in back to back weeks. But and they're like they're they're doing Pauly Shore Biodome. Yeah. You know, very strict <laughs> bubble. Uh, so that's great to see, since we won't see, uh, of course, the Open Championship, the Brit- sorry, the UK British Open presented by Her Majesty. We won't see that at Royal St. George's this year, but uh, we will get to see the women play at Royal Troon, which is exciting. Um, my Soapbox Sunday, I got three different things. Uh, the Ryder Cup officially postponed now, which we've been holding off on saying forever, even though everyone knew this was happening. For good reasons, you can't have fans there. I understand it. Let's delay it a year. So... Let's go the complete opposite direction during that week. I want a made-for-TV mixed gender event that week, mixed team event. Love it. Get some LPGA players and PGA players together. You can't tell me that uh, – I guess I should have looked this up. I don't know if the LPGA has an event that week. That <laughs> but I'm saying for the men, you can't say they had something going on because they don't. And the uh, make it for charity, do whatever. It can be silly. I don't – I don't care what it is. It can be the match more so more like the match than it would be the Ryder cup or Solheim cup or president's cup or anything like that. But give me, give we, people have been craving this kind of mix. How great was it going back and watching the highlights when Annika played with like Fred Funk and tiger and stuff like that. that that's great. Like give me, give me that crossover. We've got the Kia classic that, that hurts that the week. case. So we got, we go, uh, we go a N a Portland Kia and then the Meyer, LPGA is canceled, but the shop right got moved. Okay. Well, let's pay some of the top women a bunch of money, continue with the Kia Classic, and then also showcase them at this made for TV event. So I don't know. I think it's going to be really interesting on on the LPGA. Like, are the Korean players, are they hunkered down over here? Are they playing Korean tour right now? Are they, like, how's that working? Yeah. Quickly, too, we have a new Wild World of Golf coming soon that we filmed this week at Winter Park with Madeline Sagstrom and Annie Park. Uh, that one is going to be a lot of fun. TC plays left-handed in it if, for the first full look at TC's game left-handed. And lastly, uh, our friends at The Open and the RNA, they're hosting something called an Open for the Ages this week. It's going to be on Golf Channel from Thursday through Sunday. It's an interactive opening. Oh, open. It features clips and a storyline from the past Open Championships at the old course. We've got a sneak preview at it. It's awesome. You're going to see, like, they basically just took a bunch of highlights and made their own broadcast out of it. So, you know, you can kind of predict as to how some of this stuff is going to go, who's had great rounds and great events at the old course, and they're going to make a tournament out of it. It's going to come down to the wire, I would imagine. At minimum, we get to watch four days of golf through the years at the old course, and that is going to be a win for everybody. A win for everyone, and that is just the most 
mind-numbing task of stitching all this together and creating this story. They're going to have announcers announcing it as if it's live. Uh, it's going to be like Jack is going to be involved. Tiger's obviously going to be involved. There's going to be Rory. I'm imagining there's going to be Seve, Faldo, all kinds of stuff all mixed together in one. It's going to be awesome. So that is coming. This would have been Open Championship Week, and uh, we get to see some of that this week, which I'm excited about. A couple more housekeeping items. Uh, Corn Ferry Tour this week. David Lipsky, congratulations yes. to him. One by four shots, uh, 62-66 on the weekend. Taylor Pendrith second, and then Paul Haley uh, finished T3. So good to see him. Ollie Schneider-Jan's playing well. Uh, Christopher Ventura, Victor Hovland's Norwegian counterpart, top 10. So good to see that. And then uh, we haven't talked to any Formula One. Oh, I know. Oh, that's trap. That's more kind of trap draw lane. Yeah, but. yeah you, well, actually, you know what? We... we uh, We've already recorded That's right. part two of the Columbus thing. So okay. Well, you, this is. I what do you think? Today? I got no more golf stuff. So if you want to sign off now, go ahead. But we we can talk some Formula One. Yeah. Second ever Formula One race I've ever watched. Um, it's a lot of people warned us week one that we watched was last week. It was hey, this is incredible. Don't get used to this. I think week two was much more like what a normal race is like. A lot less cautions. But I thought. I, I was equally as attentive to everything because I think, and I, I thought about this today, it comes back so much to the announcers and how on point they are for everything and how they lay things out for you. I know what I'm watching for and I'm watching guys kind of, you know, trying to overtake, you know, between sixth and seventh place and they're spotting like, hey, the Renault, like they should let Ricardo, uh, Daniel Ricardo go around Esteban Ocon because of this strategy. He's on these tires and all this. And for a novice, even that is like easily easy to digest. And just like, the whole like treat, treat the viewer like they're smart and they'll yes, catch up. On yes, their own. exactly. And I started, I actually got into some F1 podcast this week, just kind of, and they are, it's not meant for intro to F1 people, <laughs> but I'm keeping up. I, I, I don't know everything, but I'm kind of like, oh, so this is like what the quote unquote experts are talking about. Now I know to look out for this stuff the next time I watch it. And, uh, I'm a fully, fully immersed as a fan. Um, and I, I don't know. It's so cool to see like, uh, how they laid everything out. Like once Max Verstappen got passed, it was like very obvious he was going to get passed by Botas coming down the stretch that, all right, now he's going to go back into the pit and get new tires because he's he can't catch Try to Botas. Get that one point for the, so like it was Sainz, Hamilton, and, and Verstappen going after that one point the fastest championship lap point, yeah. bonus for the. What also I think Verstappen was just like, all right, I'm going to get off these tires to make sure I hold on to third as well. And he had the time and the cushion to do it. What's so interesting about it is it's, and I think I said this last week, it's not about who wins. Like it, the whole thing is not contingent on who wins. Golf is. Yeah, I mean, we we saw a lot of le- like Hamilton won going away today, but yeah. I don't think we saw him race at all. <laughs> it was just it was that fifth sixth battle yeah. all day, you know. No, it was it was excellent. So there wasn't a ton of overtaking. We got, I, I we need to digest kind of the new the DRS and all that stuff because I, I I I don't know I, I don't know how I feel about it necessarily. It kind of just seems like. You get like a Mario Kart booster and can just blow past someone. And I get that that's kind of part of the deal and that's the reason for the excitement. But I don't know. Something, well, did you see the late breaking news today? Uh, yes. After the race that Renault has filed a formal protest about racing points. Uh, I don't know, just their car in general, if it's, if it's fair or not. They've, they've made drastic move up the grid. They're much faster. Uh, I'm kind of... I love teams lobbing shots at each other. It's kind of been a joke over the last couple weeks that I've been riding for 
Sergio Perez and Lance Stroll, but like the more I watch them, the more I kind of like them. <laughs> Sergio Perez had a great race today, yeah. which yeah. The, the, and I wonder what the hardcore F1 fans would say about like the Drive to Survive series. They kind of make Sergio look out to be like, all right, well, he's got all the sponsors and that's why he earned his spot on the team and Ocon ended up losing his spot to Perez because of blah, blah, blah. But that, um, That's the thing with Stroll. It's like everybody shits on him, yeah. but like he's he keeps driving up. pretty well. Um, Ferrari's then, a complete disaster. Oh my god! Like that guy, that Matteo or whatever. He he just seems like he has no control. Right. It's like he's lost the locker room. Leclerc was he put his hand Sha- up and said, "Shalakha." He put his hand up and and admitted the fault in uh, in bumping his own teammate Sebastian Vettel, and they both were off within three laps or something like that. It was I think I think within the first lap. It was it's very. Uh, they hit on the first lap. I thought. I think Leclerc made it around a couple more times. And but then yeah. realized. Yeah, it was, they called him in. But Hate seeing my guy George Russell. Yeah, uh, he got just lapped. Struggle after repeat. such a, like he, so it was so interesting to see him finish tw- 12th in qualifying. Yeah. And, and granted, it was razor thin margins in qualifying. The qualifying was, was sick. wild. That was better than the race. Wet tires, yeah. I'm starting to learn the tire strategy now too. Well, get this. So, so TK Kelly sent me this, this video earlier today. Uh, Herman Tilke, or Her- Herman Tilke, he's this, he's basically the Foz slash Reese Jones of, uh, he's designed pretty much all of the new tracks that they're on. So mm-hmm. the one in Abu Dhabi, the one in Singapore, and then made in, uh, Circuit of the Americas and made some, some substantial changes to some of the other ones. And it's very formulaic. Like he's doing the same mm. shapes and the same kind of setup on all of these and they, and they need more diversity of, you know, tracks. moves and tracks and all mm. that. So very interesting, uh, video. I'll post that, but I thought it was like, there's so many parallels with golf and that just kept it going to where, because there's so many little variables, like how wide is the track? What are the sequences of turns, all these things. Uh, and then also, you know, maybe, maybe the tour should look at doing a, doing like a final round, you know, lowest round in the final round. Get some FedEx get, Cup get points. Get FedEx Cup bonus. Mmm, love that. So, um, you know, even if you're out of it, you're, yes. going, you're going for broke. I love that. McLaren still, so Mercedes has more than double points of anybody already. Like, they they must be just be just the, I mean, clearly they're the Yankees. Like, it, but I didn't realize it was going to be this bad this quickly. Toto Wolf, no face no shield. Face shield. That was a big really letdown. I'm bummed about that. Um, our guys from Haas are officially listed on the F1 website now. They in the standings. They were not listed last week. Uh, they are of course tenth with zero points, uh, tied with Williams. Red Bull. I'm seeing now how much of a disaster week one was for Red Bull because they got 27 points this week um, and are second or in third behind McLaren. Which McLaren doesn't seem long for that second spot. Your boy Lonto. Uh, you know, <laughs> he had a great final lap again. That was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. It was, so that's the thing is if that, even if that wasn't one of the exciting races, I was glued to it the whole time. I couldn't yeah. find a time to go to the bathroom and, uh, no, no commercials makes it easy too. I hundred percent watched it over golf this morning. I, I had, did not have golf on TV. I had that on my computer and I had F1 on the TV. Yeah. So, so we got a Hungarian grand prix next week mm-hmm. and then, and then a week off. Mm-hmm. I'm stoked. So. And Get they, involved, people. Watch the watch the F one series and let's go. And they added a bunch of uh, they had like three or four new races too. Sweet. They added another one in Italy and then uh, a few other ones. So cool. stoked. All right, well, let's wrap it at that. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, it's going to be me. I, we have a special guest going to be wrapping up the memorial this week because everyone's going to be on the road but me uh, this coming week. It's going to be my, my lady's bachelorette party here in Jack, so I'm going to be living in the kill house next week. Oh, so, yeah? Yeah. Nice. I'm moving back in. So, But uh, TC, 
enjoy the rest of your Sunday. We rarely get to enjoy yeah, our Sundays. This is—I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my day, but uh, uh, we are going to enjoy it. So, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Cheers. Crack on, Warren. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most!